Welcome to the podcast of Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. We hope that you enjoyed listening to the sermons and other audio provided by us. Feel free to share what you find here, and we hope that it will be beneficial to you as you seek to know and follow Christ. Turn in your Bibles to John chapter 4. John chapter 4. And we will be beginning in uh, verse, uh, is it 31? Yeah, verse 31. Got this right in my face. Is that better? Okay. Um, before I get there, um, a lot of people don't really realize what Christianity is all about. Um, they, they see us as pretty much just like any other religion. They see us as just a system of morals, a system of morality. Uh, I saw a, uh, a Facebook meme the other day, and it had uh, all these different religions. It had Christianity, it had Islam, it had um, Taoism, Confucianism, Buddhism, Hinduism, all these different religions. And under each symbol for each religion, it, it gave a, um, a quote that sounded something like the golden rule. Do unto others as you would have them do unto you. And the point of the meme was to try to say that Christianity and all these other religions are basically all the same. The problem with that is, if you try to reduce all those different religions down to the same thing, in reality, you don't know much about any one of them in particular. Each one of them would probably be insulted to think that you confused it with one of the others. But in particular, Christianity stands out, I would say. Stands out above all of the others. And it's very much because of what we have been singing about tonight. We've been singing about a bloody cross. We've been singing about Jesus who died for us, who was struck and who rose again so that we might live. I was um, helping out Junior the other day. Uh, Junior um, wanted me to come and help move your mother, Wendy. And I was with him on my birthday, on March 23rd. I was with Junior, and um, he, he asked me to pick up somebody on the way there. And uh, I picked him up. I had never met this guy before. I, I was just giving directions to his place, and I, I picked him up. And, and I knew uh, I would get a chance to share Christ with this, with this man. And uh, as... Um, as we rode on the way to uh, Junior's mom's, we we just talked. We we talked. Uh, I just you know asked him you know um, what he did, what's his name, you know all, all the the pleasantries, the the things that are are not really very um, um, challenging or anything. Just just get to know you kind of things. And as we worked, you know, we didn't really have time to to talk about anything in depth. But on the way home, I knew. I've got a captive audience. I can share about Jesus, about what he has done with this, with this man. 
So I, I just asked the question, um, what do you think life's all about? What do you think all, life's all about? That's, that's a non-threatening question. Um, everybody has some kind of thoughts about what life is all about. Uh, if you don't, it's, you're not very reflective. You've got to have some kind of idea about what life is all about. And he just told me, well, you know, it's about um, just having fun, uh, having a good time, being a good person, not hurting anybody. I just shook my head. I didn't, I didn't argue with him. I didn't, didn't uh, try to make a case at this point. I just listened to see what he believed. I, uh, I asked him, um, how's that working out for you? And he's like, oh, oh okay, it's, it's, working, it's working good. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah, I'm doing fine. I still didn't push anything. I, didn't, I wasn't asking for any more information. I, I just, but he just kept going on, you know, he was filling, filling it more, saying what he felt like he needed to say. And then uh, he started talking about how he believes in spirits. Yeah, believed in, in spirits, believes in ghosts and, and all these things. And, and so I said, well, what do you think happens to you when you die? And uh, he said, uh, well, I think we go to heaven. And I asked him, everybody? <laughs> I said, oh, no, not everybody. Not everybody goes to heaven. I said, oh, okay, so... What happens to other people? Well, he said, yeah, I, b I believe in a heaven and a hell. So, I asked him, uh, where do you think Jesus fits into all of this? Where do you think Jesus fits into this picture of people going to heaven or hell? Or... And he told me, well, you know, when, when you die, Jesus is the one who meets you. As you see the light, he's the one who guides you towards the light. And I said, interesting. <laughs> I said, interesting. I wasn't going to push my views on him or anything. I just kind of left it at that. I just left it at interesting and I let it hang there. And he said, well, what do you think? <laughs> so I shared the gospel with him. I said, we are all sinners. We are, have all come into this world. God made us. He, he made us for His glory. And we have all rebelled against Him. We have all sinned. We have all fallen short of God's glory. And because of that, we all deserve death. We all deserve to go to hell. But Jesus came. God's Son sent, sent His Son to die in our place, to take the punishment for our sins. See, he had an idea of religion. He thought it was all about just being a good person. That's what most people think Christianity is, just another system of morals, another system to tell you what to do. But it's about a Savior who came to die in our place because we couldn't keep a moral system. Christianity isn't a moral system. It's the answer to the problem of our moral system. Our moral system we don't live up to. We all fall short. Only Jesus did. He died in our place. And He was risen from the dead. He is risen. 
He is risen indeed. All right. That makes us different. That makes us different. Well, I ask him, have you ever heard that before? And he said, no. I've never heard that in my life. He lived in Greenville, a place where there's a Christian college. He lived in, in, in a trailer park there in Greenville. And when I shared the gospel with him and I asked him, have you ever heard this before? He said, no, I've never heard this before in my life. Brothers and sisters, the fields are ripe into the harvest. People don't even know what the gospel is. We have a culture that is a Judeo-Christian culture. It's been built upon Western civilization. And, and so there, it, we are God-haunted, so to speak. To where you look around the world and you can see the influences of Christianity all over the place. Yet so many people don't have a clue about what it's all about. And I'm not saying that to put them down. I'm saying that we need to open our eyes. We need to open our eyes that people around us, even in Greenville, even in Sereno, even in Panama, even in the, the neighbors that we have, the people we work with, many of them have never heard the gospel clearly. They may have some idea of Christianity. They may think, well, you know, Jesus is God's son. He came and he died on the cross, but they don't know what it's all about. They don't know that Christianity is not just a moral system, but it's forgiveness. It's grace. It's a bloody cross where Jesus took our place. We're going to look tonight at John chapter 4. That was satisfying whenever I, uh, whenever I got to share the gospel. You ever get to share the gospel with somebody and it's just, it makes you feel good. <laughs> it makes you feel satisfied to be able to do such a thing. Jesus was satisfied. We, we just came off of uh, looking at the woman at the well. Jesus was here sitting at this well talking with this Samaritan woman, a woman that nobody else would want to have anything to do with. She was a woman for one. You know, the disciples, when they saw Jesus talking to this woman, they were surprised. They were shocked because no Jew would talk with a woman. And, not, and what's even more, she was a Samaritan woman. And the racial conflict between the Jews and the Samaritans went back centuries they wouldn't have had anything to do with a Samaritan. And yet Jesus talked to this woman who, would, who no other Jew would have had anything to do with. And He told her about true worship. He told her about how an hour was coming and now is that true worshipers will worship the Father in spirit and in truth. And she said, oh, we know there's a Messiah coming. And Jesus said to her, I'm He. I am that Messiah. He got to share with this woman about who he was. And coming off the heels of that, the disciples come to Jesus. The woman goes away into town to tell everyone. And this is what we see. John chapter 4, beginning in verse 31. Meanwhile, the disciples were urging him, saying, Rabbi, eat. 
But he said to them, I have food to eat that you do not know about. So the disciples said to one another, Has anyone brought him something to eat? And Jesus said to them, My food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. Do not do you not say that there are four months, then comes the harvest? Look, I tell you, lift up your eyes and see that the fields are white for the harvest. Already the one who reaps is receiving wages and gathering fruit for eternal life, so that the sower and the reaper may rejoice together. For here the saying holds true, one sows and another reaps. I sent you to reap that for which you did not, sow, did not labor. Others have labored, and you have entered into their labor. Many Samaritans from that town believed in him because of the woman's testimony. He told me all that I ever did. So when the Samaritans came to him, they asked him to stay with them. And he stayed there for two days. Many more believed because of his word. And they said to him, said to the woman, It's no longer because of what you had said that we believe, for we have heard ourselves, and we know that this indeed is the Savior of the world. Let's pray. Father, we thank you for your word. Lord, give us ears to hear and eyes to see as we examine what your word says. Be with me. Give me strength as I preach in Jesus' name. Amen. We're just getting started. <laughs> um, meanwhile, that's where our text starts off with. As I said, uh, we had just had this encounter with the woman at the well. She goes into town. The disciples, they had just been in town. They'd been buying food. They bring it back out. And they're urging Jesus, you need to eat something. You've been walking all this time, going from Judea up to Galilee. We're taking a break here in Samaria. You need to eat something. We just went into town to get some food. Jesus, why don't you eat? Jesus, he gives them this strange answer. <laughs> I have food to eat that you don't know about. <coughs> He's saying he's satisfied already. He doesn't need their food. He's already satisfied. And the disciples, they, they misunderstand him. They, they ask, has anyone brought him something to eat? This, this is another misunderstanding. We see these misunderstandings of the disciples and of other people here in the book of John. We go back to uh, John chapter 3 and... Jesus was talking with Nicodemus. He told Nicodemus, in order to see the kingdom of heaven, you must be born again. And Nicodemus didn't understand it and says, well, do I need to go into my mother's womb and be born a second time? That's weird, Jesus. <laughs> and Jesus says, no, 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 Nicodemus, you're not getting it. You must be born of water and spirit. It's, it's a spiritual birth that he was talking about. And the woman of the well, you know, Jesus was saying, I, I'll give you living water, water that you'll never thirst again. And the woman's like, oh, yeah, let me know about this water so I don't have to come to this well anymore. <laughs> Misunderstanding Jesus. She was thinking in natural terms and Jesus was speaking in a whole different plane. 
Here the disciples are doing the same thing. Jesus says, I've got food to eat that you don't know anything about. And the disciples are like, what? Who who gave you food? (laughs) Misunderstanding. Jesus, again, he says, my food is to do the will of him who sent me and to accomplish his work. His food, what was satisfying to Jesus, was doing the will of the Father. His whole mission was to go and to seek and to save the lost. His mission was to go to the lowly, go to the sick, and be a physician. Go to the lost and find them. He's the good shepherd who goes after the wandering sheep. What satisfied Jesus was to do God's will. I think this is evangelism related. That's exactly what Jesus had been doing. He'd been talking, having a conversation with this woman about who he was. And we can see in that a pattern for evangelism. And as he continues on, he says, Do you not say there are four months and then comes the harvest? Look, I tell you, lift up your eyes and see that the fields are white for the harvest. Already the one who reaps is receiving wages and gathering fruit for eternal life. So the sower and the reaper may rejoice together. Jesus tells the disciples, he he changes metaphors. He's talking about food and being satisfied by a food they don't know anything about. And then in his explanation, he tells them, look. Lift up your eyes. Look at the harvest. That's what we need to do. I I shared about this person I met in Greenville that had never heard the Gospel according to what he told me. And there are plenty more where that came from. And what do we need to do? Look unto the fields. Lift up our eyes and see them. They're out there. People who are lost and dying and don't have a clue about Jesus, about what He came to do for us. They may think that that Christianity is just another religion to give them another list of do's and don'ts. But they don't know about the Savior that came to seek and save. We are to do what Jesus told the disciples to do. Look, lift up your eyes and see the fields are white and too the harvest. You know, sometimes we get to looking at the world and we get discouraged. We think, well, nobody really wants to hear about Jesus. We get embarrassed. We, we, we think, well, I mean, the world is just so against us. The world is just changing so much. It's just not a Christian culture like it used to be. We can get discouraged, but listen to what Jesus says. Look, lift up your eyes. See that the, the harvest is plentiful. The harvest is white unto the harvest. So many people who think that they may know what Christianity is all about. Who, who think, oh, we've done that. Oh, that's a primitive thing for people of an era gone by. The truth is, they probably don't even know what Christianity is all about. They, again, see it all just as moralism. 
do this, do that. Oh, they know we're against sex, right? <laughs> they know that. <laughs> no, we're not. God made that. He has a perfect context for it. And He wants us... And even there, Jesus came for the sick and the poor and the destitute to be a Savior. Not just a moral example. He is an example. There are scriptures that talk about Him being an example. But He's an example that we never perfectly match. Ultimately, if we're trusting in Jesus as an example, just merely an example to follow, we're going to be crushed under the weight because we can never meet what Jesus did. The proper way to look at Jesus is as a Savior. One who heals us. One who rescues us from the darkness. It closes with, I sent you to reap for that which you did not labor. Others have labored, and you've entered into their labor. In the immediate context, he had just had some conversations about, about John the Baptist, just a chapter earlier. John the Baptist had come as a forerunner to the Messiah. He had come preaching, repent and be baptized for the forgiveness of sins. Jesus may have had John's ministry in mind of, of Others have been laboring until now. And Jesus says, go ahead, join into their labors to His disciples there. And then we can also see it in terms of the whole Old Testament about this promise that was made long, long, long ago to Adam and Eve about a seed of the woman, a descendant of Eve who would one day come and crush the serpent's head. And how all through the Old Testament, the priests and the prophets and the Scripture writers were all pointing towards this One who was to come and save us. They were laboring to get the Gospel to us. And now we come, we hear this Gospel that's come to its fulfillment in Jesus, and we join into their labor. And we go into the fields that are white and to the harvest. And we can also see this in terms of a community. We are planting a new church here, Redeemer Baptist Church. But we, didn't, we weren't the first ones here. <laughs> Others have labored before us. This building is here because people have blood, sweat, and tears worked in this community to try to reach people for Jesus. There's other churches. People have heard the Gospel in this community. But there's still work to be done. There's still people who've never heard about Jesus. Not just about Jesus, but the truth about what the Gospel is. You have entered into their labor. Finally, these Samaritans begin to come out of town. 
The woman who he had had a conversation with at the well, she goes into town, she tells everybody, oh, this guy out there, he, he, he told me about everything I'd ever done. Could he be the Messiah? That's a loaded question. And all these people are coming out to see Jesus. And many are believing, it says, because of His Word. That was, I'm sure, satisfying to Jesus. That was His food, again. That was His food. It was teaching. It was sharing about who He was. And that was ultimately satisfying to Him. And many more believed because of His Word. They said to the woman, it is no longer because of you, because of what you said that we believe. We have seen and heard for ourselves, and we know that this indeed is the Savior of the world. When we go out into the field to labor, speaking metaphorically here, when we go out into our community and share the Gospel and find people that have never heard and we share, are they believing because of our works? No. We're just the messenger. We just go and we, we tell. But you know, God does the work of saving people. He draws people. People are being prepared even now. You might, I heard a story about a person who was out witnessing door to door. He goes to a door, knocks on it. person comes to the door. He tells him, well, I'm just here from this church and wanted to wanted to share the gospel with you. And the guy's like, well, you know, I've just been thinking about church. Why don't you come on in? Let me, let me hear what you got to say. God goes before us. He is laboring also to bring people to Himself. And as we go out into our communities, into the highways and the byways, as Jesus said, He's already been there before us. Preparing people. And when people are saved, it's not because, well, we got all the words right. We did everything right in our presentation. And so they, they, no, it's not because of us. It's not because of what the woman did. It's because they'd seen for themselves. When God gets a hold of a person, when He saves a person, it's not because of our labor. We can't take any credit for that. It's what God does in their hearts. We serve a risen Savior. He is risen. I keep coming back to that. This is not necessarily an Easter passage, but it's relevant. It is pointing us to the fact that the, the, the fields are white unto the harvest. We need to go with the message of the crucified and risen Lord. Not a message of do this, do that. But a, a message that says it's already been done in Jesus. Jesus paid it all. Come trust in Him. Thank you for listening to this message from Redeemer Baptist Church of Panama. For more information, please visit us at RedeemerBaptistPanama.wordpress.com or you can like us on Facebook. Facebook.